Van Jones, uh, I don't know how many hours ago it was you said this was heartbreaking. Uh, Where is your head now? My, my heart has been restored. Uh, <laughs> it is the end of one-party rule in the United States, thank God, and the beginning of a new Democratic Party. Younger, browner, cooler, more women, more <laughs> veterans can win in Michigan, can win in Pennsylvania, can win in Ohio. We have the first Muslim women, first Native American women, of, of the first black woman from Massachusetts, first Latina from Texas. It may not be a blue wave, it's a rainbow wave. It's something <laughs> happening out there, and I'm happy about it. This podcast has been brought to you by a four-eyed production. And now, let's start the show. You know I will. I'm rooting for everybody black. Unless you're a Trump supporter, then you can go. So. Are we recording? Yeah, we're always recording. <laughs> <laughs> I got me an HBO special. I watched that video like five times. So cute. That sounds I got so, me an HBO so special. Mean right there. It's okay. You mean a little bit. I mean, I just. I don't get my energy where I. I just don't feel like I should. You that's know I mean? that's fair. That's fair. No. I know who you see but it for and who you don't. Amen. Let me know how it is. Because I'm rooting for everybody black. In the words of Issa Rae. I can't take credit for that. <laughs> Listen, if you guys hear a lot of background noise today, we got a lot going on. After we are done recording, we're going to have us a little mini fish fry. We got some wine going on here. And we haven't seen each other in two weeks. It's been two weeks. Mm, two weeks too long. Haven't talked to you guys in two weeks, so... Welcome back. We black like we never left. Yo, what a, up, y'all? I'm a girl named Tiffany. And I'm Courtney B. This is episode 41 of the Culture Shop Podcast. So, you know how this goes. Weekend in review. What did you do? Um, This weekend, I haven't done much. Um, Because the last couple of weekends, I've been on the road. Um, So, I did go to um, North Carolina Auntie's Homecoming, which is affectionately known as Jiho. And then on that Monday, I went to the Black concert, which was awesome. He's such a good entertainer. Like, mm-hmm. I was pleasantly surprised. Like, the crowd was iffy. Um, really? Yeah. I'm just, surprised by that. I just think sometimes kids born in the 90s, late 90s, they just... I don't know if it's the 90s. I think it's the 2000s. It may be the 2000s. I think that's what it is. They're not good crowd members okay right the crowd was hyper for Tamia and Tamia sings slow songs and I was just like was Tamia there no but I've seen her there before. okay I was gonna say because I just saw Tamia here a couple weeks ago I saw her there before um yeah crowd was just lackluster mm. it was lackluster but he was awesome we had like um meet and greet access and he was like really nice we ended up having on the same exact tennis shoes which is crazy um He's very short. I didn't realize he was that little. <laughs> uh, you're one to talk. I'm a girl. Okay. He's like not that much taller than me. Well, he can't help how tall his parents were. Maybe his mama was short. But I wasn't. Your ex- son might be short. I wasn't expecting. No, he won't. 
I wasn't expecting um him to be that, but he was really nice, and I think he said that he was like sick or something. But I mean, I couldn't tell. Right. He still did a really good job, um, and I enjoyed myself. So that was really the highlights of the past um, two weeks. Okay. Other than that, like I probably mentioned this on the last show, like. I have been binge watching Real Housewives of Atlanta on Hulu like I've never seen it before. And you're still doing Getting that. Getting my life. Okay? I can hear you hollering. Getting my life. Because when I tell you I love me, some Nene Leaks and Phaedra Parks. They, I saw you tweeting about Nene this week. They throw the best shade. shade. Yep. Oh my God, just so funny. So um, that's really all I've been doing this weekend. Haven't done much. What about you? I don't remember. Were you drunk? No, you um, always ask me that. It, it's just that I'm so busy. Like I have no idea what I did. The only thing I can remember that I've done within the last two weekendish, you know, that time frame, is Diwali, which is an Indian celebration, um, happened this past week. Mm-hmm. And so towards the end of the week, we had a Diwali celebration. Dressed up, as you can see, I still have this dope henna on my hands. Mm-hmm. Um. And so just, you know, had Indian food and learned a little bit more about the culture and the celebration. That was fun. But other than that, I feel like I've been running around like a chicken with her head cut off. Literally. I need an assistant. And you know what's crazy? I've been saying that since I was like 17 years old. Like, oh, I need an assistant. I know that's crazy, but I've been that busy for that long. Why don't you look into a virtual assistant? Because I can't afford them. You can find a college student to be your assistant. Now, you may have to pay them, like, $50 a week. Mm-mm, that's, that's too much. That's too much. You know what? Time is money, oh and gosh. you're probably right. $50 will probably take a load off of my back. Because that's one of my goals for next year. B, that's a good idea. Not necessarily a virtual assistant, but I plan on getting myself in a position to where I can afford to pay somebody to do the things that I don't have time to do. Right. A.K.A. deep clean my house. I don't have the time to do that. That is not what an assistant for. I said for. I don't want an assistant. Yeah, I don't need an assistant. I need somebody to clean my house. Yeah. Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah, like okay, yeah, same page, things same page. that I don't have time to do. Gotcha. I just need to. I just need to be able to come in and like hit the hot spot. Right, because back in the day, you used to be able to take a Saturday right and turn on the music yeah. and, and lift the um, windows up. Not saying that we can't, but we would have to sacrifice so many other, other things. things. Gosh, does this sound elitist? Because I don't have any money, but it just sounds elitist to think that I would hire somebody to clean my home. Back in the day, I used to get down and do the baseboards because, I don't know. No, it's not. Like, I was, I'm I'm telling you, like, the people that I've been been fans of on YouTube, like, they are funny and they do a lot of shade throwing, but they are very, like, smart and educated and they make good points, so... Everybody knows I'm a fan of Funky Daniva. Like, I've watched all of his videos. And he basically went on, like, a mini rant talking about how it is, like, just crazy that people shame men or women who can't afford to pay people to do other things. Right. Like, just because you can do it, if you can pay somebody to do it, you have the extra money to do it, so what? True. You may want to do other things with your time. I always think about this with regards to women especially, too, because back in the day, it was, I mean, not saying women didn't go to work because they did, but more women are going to work, and they're not just going to work. They have full-on careers, 
Or we also live in the this society where everybody needs, not just wants, needs a side hustle or two or three, right? So how do you have time to do what your grandmothers used to do at home? You don't. You don't. This is a this is a conversation for another mm-hmm. um, episode, but a lot of the things that people feel like women should do are solely for the benefit of other people. Other, <laughs> mostly other uh, men, really. Right, but I'm not going to get into that because somebody called me an ultra-feminist because I'm... That's not an insult. Listen, okay. but you know what? I have, I, I'm taking that as an insult okay. these days because, because I feel like the face of feminism are white women who show up at rallies and marches but still do nothing to get the people... That are oppressing us out of power. They, so, right, I was going to say they show up to the polls and still vote Republican. Exactly. So I don't even know if I can call myself a feminist anymore. I'm leaning towards the term black womanist because I'm all about black women. <laughs> so I may have to lean more so towards that because we all we got. <laughs> right. We all we got. We all, li- listen, we'll get there. We're definitely going to talk about it. We are all we got. We all we got. So if feminism no is this, else. is this you know global you know movement to mm-hmm. where the face of feminism you know is white? I don't want to be a part of that. I don't want to be a part of that. Speaking of white and faces, did you see on Instagram where they have like um, white Instagram models like pretending to be or like coloring themselves to be black, and it's not full on black face, but it's black face. And I just want to just say this to all of you black women who are upset, you should be equally upset at Kendall Jenner. Not Kendall, Kylie Jenner. Kylie. Because she's mm-hmm. done the same exact thing. And y'all love it. So why you mad? <laughs> I got me in <laughs> Why you mad, son? Because no. y'all been hyping him up. Chloe morphed into a black woman, which I think OJ is her dad, yeah, so she's probably... <laughs> that, she probably had black. But y'all like it when they do it, but now y'all mad at them. This is what y'all have told them is acceptable. Right. Y'all have supported this. Y'all have boosted people that make a living off of doing these type of things to, you know, world-renowned status. So why are you mad at them? And I have a whole list in my head of of white women who have gotten passes for being black, looking black, doing black things. Girl, you basically black. No, no, you're not. I'm a white woman trapped in a black woman's body. That's what Kim Zosiak said. No, you're not. Yes, I do remember her saying that. You know, I don't even watch The Housewives, but Mm, I digress. No, you're not. Um, So many... Uh, things that happened in the world over the last two weeks. Did you see the kids at the high school that spelled out the word coon in Georgia? It was at um, Brookwood High School where the band, during their halftime show, some students decided to use the covers. I think they said the little covers that go on, they usually don't use those during the actual games, but they're supposed to spell out Broncos because that's their mascot. And a couple students, three in particular, got together and decided they were going to pull this prank, pulled in one other student at the last minute. So they're saying that all four students and two others who lied about the incident are being dealt with. We don't know what that means. Nothing, probably. They probably got suspended for like two days. I I don't know. I don't know. I'd be interested to find out exactly what happened to them based on their ethnicity. Well, you know they ain't black. Girl, they want white. That's that's, that's going into what... That's going into where I'm going with. Okay. Yeah, because I got I don't have an issue, but the theme for me moving forward is we all we got. got. 
I ain't, listen, don't come talking to me when Trump start building that wall because I'm not going to have sympathy for I'm, you. I'm praying that Trump doesn't have time to build the wall. We got two more years. Um, if, if he remains in office, we have two more years. And I just made a statement this morning. You know, like back in the day, I don't know which time frame I want to pick, but let's just say like great debater status. Next time I go to the polls to vote, I'm getting dressed up. So this time I wear like my HBCU gear, right? Took my photo like everybody else. <sighs> Whole thing about going to vote. I've voted before. I'm clearly old enough to have voted a couple times. When I tell you I cried the whole time I was in line, I don't know what hit me. A wave came over me. When I pulled up, there was a girl. She was a white girl, but she was sitting in the car next to me, and she had voted, and she was taking her little selfie or whatever. And then I just got, like, you know, a chill because I'm getting ready to go in here and, and vote for my best interests, right? Mm-hmm. As, as most people do, or should. And I walk in there, and I get my paper, and I'm standing in line. I didn't bawl, but I'm telling you, like, just the, the weight of what it meant to stand in line when, you know, some of my, not ancestors per se, well, yeah, my ancestors or, you know, those that I'm the posterity of could not, or they fought to, or, you know, had dogs sicked on them, or, you know, uh, water hoses, you know, they were hosed down and spat on and just, I don't know, it was an experience for me this year. You did early voting, right? I did early voting, and my only thing was, I mean, everything went fine. I was in and out, but um, it was one one section of the ballot that I didn't really research, and I think it was like, the soil and water conservation. conservation. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know it's nonpartisan, but I like stood there and like looked all these people up because I wanted to kind of see yes. where they stood with things, you know, as far as like um, climate change and, you know, what was their experience. You did the right thing. I did, but the guy that was running the polls or one of the voter people, um, he was just like, are you okay? And I was like, yeah, I'm fine. And I was like, I'm just looking at the soil and water because this is not something I researched. And he was like, oh, well, they're nonpartisan. I don't give a damn what they are. Right. I need to know who I'm voting for and if they have experience and who they work for. Like, if there's somebody who's worked for Duke Energy or something. Like, I need to know who these people are that I'm voting for. So don't try to rush me. I can stand here as long as I want to. Yeah. So that was my only experience. Um, Other than that, it was, to me, I've never, other than my very first time voting, I've never been stuck in any long lines like I'm always because and most of the time I always go early yeah so I never experience the lines because after that first year yeah. I think it was um Bush and Carrie that was the first year I that voted wasn't the year that was the his second hanging term. Chads, right hmm that wasn't the hanging chads year was it you know where they were um, miscounting like who was voting for who because remember with paper you used to poke out the yeah I think that was the first term okay. yeah where everybody where he basically cheated yes um but no that this was the one where where Carrie conceded like early um I want to talk about that in a second I too. stood in line for like four and a half hours right and that was my very first time voting but other than that I haven't had any trouble or bad experiences voting and partly too is because I think that I'm always registered to vote in 
somewhere that's in our community. Yes. So I don't experience. I don't ex- like they're happy. Like yeah, come on in. Like everybody's welcoming me up. You know, this is what you need to do. Like you know, I've never. Oh, ex- I see what you're saying. Yeah, because yeah. I vote in communities that are largely us. Right, but for those same very those very same reasons, and and we're gonna also talk about that this um uh, this morning today. Um. Some people have bad experiences for those same reasons because they're voting at polls where people uh, look like us. Did you happen to see the guy, the photograph of the guy who um, went to vote in Mississippi? He's a white man. He was wearing a Confederate shirt. Yeah, and he's a nurse. He is an RN in Tennessee. Um, the If you guys have not seen it, he is wearing a noose with a Confederate flag behind it. Um, and his name is Clayton Glover. So they finally did like track down like who he is, where he works. So I'd be curious to see what happens with him too. I heard that he got fired. People are losing their jobs. Yeah, I heard that he got fired because apparently I I think that and this is all like internet stuff, so I'm not sure yeah. exactly. Don't quote me. I don't want anybody like trying to light me up. But apparently he works in a hospital that has a large population of the the clients that come there, patients that come there, are people of color. And you run around with a shirt on that says Mississippi Justice. Like, one thing that I want people to realize is that we do have the First Amendment, which protects us. But at the same time, there are consequences to everything that you do and say. Yes. Whether they be good consequences or whether they be bad consequences. And... If people do not agree with what you're saying or feel that it it fits the business that you work for or, you know, whoever you're employed by, they have within their rights to let you go. Correct. So it's not trying to censor you. You can say whatever you want to say, but you will be saying it at home on your couch. Exactly. (laughs) I mean, it is what it is. Be willing to deal with the ramifications of your actions. Yes. If, if, If some people have to, all people have to. Yes. So... Good good luck on Indeed.com. Clayton, what's his name? Um, dang. What Clayton is his Gov- name? Glover? Yes. Yeah. Clayton Glover. Yeah. Good luck. <laughs> Not really. He'll get another job. Not really, but yeah. Um, something cute. Did you see Rihanna trolling? Like, About you know what? music? Uh, no. Yeah, so I want to discuss that, but she has this video in the studio, and she put it um, on, so I go to click on it, and it's silent. So we can't hear her, but she's like singing and smiling and twirling around in the chair. And I'm sick of Riri because you know that's my spirit animal and we just want this reggae album. That's, that's what, what we want, Rihanna. I was about to say, if it ain't the reggae album, then I don't know what to tell y'all. Yeah, I believe that's what it is. I need some dance hall music. Please hurry up if you can kindly. Please and thank you. I know you're a boss, so do you, but hurry up. Um, but I do like that. She is um, another individual in the industry who has hit Donald Trump with a cease and desist. And I appreciate it. And it's so funny to me that it ended up being, um, please don't stop the music. I said, I guess that don't apply to him. Mm-mm. No, because don't nobody want you playing their stuff. No, these celebrities are not playing. I, what I would like is for every single time they play a song for that celebrity to hit them with a cease and desist. Mm-hmm. No. He was playing Frank Sinatra. I did it my way. Of course you did. Of course That's you did. That's something out of a horror film. Yeah. When you think about that that song and him that's something out of a horror That's film. true. But Frank Sinatra did not play that racism stuff either. 
Well, Trump does. Right. As much as he tries to act like he he doesn't. But the only thing that I can say is that the celebrities, you know, backing everything that's not Trump is okay. But for some reason, that's not translating as well at the polls as it did when Barack Barack. was running. Mm -hmm. That celebrity status is not... Is not doing like it. It's not having the same effect because I mean, Stacey Abrams had Oprah out, but it's not. And white women love Oprah, but it's not because of the star power is not working. It's because the people who are showing up that don't like they just like people are voting in their best interest, which is something I alluded to earlier. And at the end of the day. The stars can come out. That's great. And people will come out because of them. That's great, too. But you have to remember all these other people that have been emboldened to behave poorly since Donald Trump got on, you know, the campaign trail to run for the office of the president. And they're still out here. Like, they know that their vote mattered. And Exactly. You said it. Nothing is deterring them. Meanwhile, the more, like... you know, it takes a lot. to say something ugly. Please don't. I mean, it depends. Just don't be Donald Trump ugly. Like, I know you saw the video of him talking to Abby um, from CNN. Yeah. And she asked him um, a valid question um, about the investigation. And, you know, based on the attorney general resigning, and his response as the president of the United, as, as your president of the United States of America, not mine, was, what a stupid question that is. Mm-hmm. What a stupid question. And then he said, but I watch you a lot and you ask a lot of stupid questions. And I just cannot imagine that not only the president, but anybody in politics could respond that way mm-hmm. and still be revered. How? Because... He said it to a black woman. One that is, I think it's because notably it's... liberal. Uh huh. And he's painted this picture of the media is the enemy. So people who um, look up to him and believe his lies, they like stuff like that. Yeah. Because they've, and I'm not gonna say that the media gets it right every time because they get it wrong a lot. Yeah, of course. But we need people out there doing that work. We need them there because they help hold a lot of people accountable. Like, we wouldn't have known what was going on in Vietnam if it would not have been for the media and journalists out there risking their lives to show us this stuff. So we need them, but it's getting to the point to where they're blatantly, like, it's the way they've learned making to them spin into, things. Yeah, making them into villains and, oh, they're lying and it's fake news yeah. and they're trying to do this and that when they're just trying to get the answers out of you that you won't answer. Correct. That, that They're just trying to, like, her question was a valid question. Now that Sessions is gone, are you going to try to rein in the Mueller, the Mueller investigation? Right. That was a valid question. It's just a question that you don't like and you don't want to answer it because you know that if you answer her, no matter what, you're going to have to lie because... Yes, Jeff Sessions, quote-unquote, resigned, but he started that letter with, 
under the advisement of the president. Exactly. So in so other words, I, you made me resign. Exactly. And um, just because I don't think we full on mentioned that. Um, Jeff Sessions is the United States of America's, or was the United States of America's Attorney General. And if I could just sum it up shortly, the Attorney General for the U.S. is supposed to be the people's, um, the the people's, what do you call it, lawyer. Yeah, he's the top cop. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. And um, he also gives advisement to the president um, when needed. Yeah. And the sole reason that he, I feel like because... Jeff Sessions has is known to have detrimental effects to people of color, mm-hmm. civil rights. Coretta Scott King wrote a letter yes. um, about him years and years ago. Passionate about, letter. About how he would be detrimental to um, being in an office or holding a position, you know, of that statute and a stature, excuse mm-hmm. me. And all of this was brought up and Trump still felt like he should be attorney general. The only reason why he is now at odds with Sessions and wanted Sessions out is because Sessions had to recuse himself from the Russia investigation, which means he couldn't obstruct. Right. And so now that no matter how they try to spin it and make it like the Democrats took losses this election cycle, the Democrats made major gains. Okay. We we had Child. we we had a lot of we had a lot of wins. And so Given the fact that the Democrats took back the House, that means that that President Trump is going to have even more checks and balances on right. him. So he needs an attorney general that will basically obstruct. You think he's nervous? <laughs> yes. I, you know, I, these things may not tie into one another, but Michelle Obama's um, book, what's, what's today's day? So the 13th is yeah, when you, it's supposed yeah. to, you can still pre-order. Mm-hmm. Um, and her book is getting ready to come out, but she started to do interviews and she's talking about Donald Trump and a part of that. She's also, um, well, I'll get there. But she's talking about Donald Trump and how she will never forgive him for putting her family in danger. And so there's a reporter who asked Donald Trump mm-hmm. about that uh, this past week. Mm-hmm. And I expected him to respond the way that he did. But for some reason, the passion behind the way he responded was like, are you coming unraveled? He was but Are you coming unraveled, Donald? It was a little more, there was a little more oomph behind his, well, I, I will never forgive him. It went from, what do you think about Michelle Obama saying this to immediately discussing Barack Obama? Like, I will never forgive him for what he did, and I won't repeat it. You know what? I'm not going to repeat what he said because I just don't want that I don't want that kind of rhetoric out there, and I definitely don't want to be somebody who um, who is re- repeating it or you know so that somebody else can hear it if you didn't. Um, but just know it's just dangerous speech. It is, and I don't want to repeat anything that he says, but just the just the filth that comes out of his mouth puts, like you said, it literally puts people's lives in danger because the way that he has continuously attacked black reporters and reporters in general even Jim Acosta, Jim Acosta isn't black and he's been attacked mm-hmm. but the, the fact that April Ryan's name was on the pipe bombers list yes. lets you know that he is putting people's real lives yes. in danger. I understand exactly where you know Mrs. Obama was coming from and she shouldn't. And that's one thing that I love about Michelle is that when when she says it, she means it. Yeah. 
When she says it, she means it. And I will and I will feel the same way. How dare you? Mm-hmm. I would never, I would never, I will pay you dust for the rest of your life. Right. For the chaos that you started based on a lie and that you kept going with and going with and going Keep with. Keep going with. This full on lie. The birther. Yes, all of that. Woo. Heavy. Um, but I, I am I'm ready for Michelle Obama's book because it's like too. over 400 pages. Girl. So I know she got something to say. That's so. going to have to be a book club thing. She also discusses her miscarriage, her previous miscarriage. Um, came right on time for um, Gabrielle Union and Dwayne Wade. Just welcomed a baby girl. And, you know, we've discussed that on the show. And Gabrielle has discussed that also many times. She's had about um, eight or nine miscarriages, I believe is what she said. And Michelle Obama in her book was just talking about, you know, normalizing those conversations and it being one of the worst things in the world that we don't discuss that. We don't discuss how our bodies work and how they don't work and how we're not failures if it doesn't happen the first time or if it never happens. Um, so I'm looking forward to reading her book as well. And I just want to say congratulations to Gabrielle and um, Dwayne. And one thing that I want to say is that black people, I'm already tickled. Go ahead. Y'all need to read. Like y'all need to read a book or an article. Book because the comments that I saw under Gabrielle's post and when the when the other little blogs posted it Mm -hmm. and people like why she got on the hospital like you have to you have to like and and it's her baby it is still her baby she had it by surrogate but that is her child if you do skin to skin you have to you have to that's how you that's how you initiate that bond with the parents and given the fact that this child was carried by a surrogate and has heard somebody else's voice the whole, the whole time. Like, nine and a half, ten months. That skin to skin mm-hmm. is very important. And people was like, well, she got a band on her hair. Like, she been giving it. Like, well, how is she supposed to go to the hospital? Right. Like, this, is a, this is a stressful time with for makeup. anybody. She don't, anything could go wrong. Like, right. something could happen to the baby. Something could happen to the surrogate. Like, it's stressful. Yeah. Like, and it's still, at the end of the day, it's there. Baby. That's right. And I'm just like, y'all can't be this dumb. Like y'all, y'all, y'all cannot be this dumb. <laughs> and they say, well, why is she in a hospital bed? When you have a surrogate, both of you all get a room. Yes. Because you still want to have people come in and visit with the baby, but they're not gonna go visit with the surrogate because that's not her that's family. That's right. So they have to have a separate room to skin to skin and to have people come visit if they want. And Dwayne has kids that may want to like they supposed to go in there with a the surrogate? Like you know what you said that you can't be this dumb but i am finding that in the conversations that i've been having with people over the last few months just about politics and life and and health and all kinds of things uh, people are conditioned to believe a lot of insane concepts and even like trying to debunk those with facts is very difficult it is difficult you can prove it but because they've been taught a certain way for 30 40 50 years People are still like, no, no, no. You can show them. It doesn't matter. It's been exhausting. Oh, my God. I was just like, like, to be honest, like, a lot of the things that have happened within the past few weeks, unless it has to do with, like, the midterms, like, Uh I really have limited my use of Instagram. Right. Because I just can't. People are just stupid, man. People are just (laughs) stupid. Like, and I know that's that's 
ugly, and maybe I shouldn't say stupid. Maybe I should say ignorant because right. I don't want to sound like you know, right, Agent right. Orange. But people are just willfully ignorant, ignorant. Mm-hmm. and I just. I just don't understand. Like me, like if I don't have anything nice to say, I just don't say anything. Correct. Or if I don't feel like I have anything valuable to add to the conversation, I just don't say nothing. Right. I just share it in a message and say what I need to say. Right. I don't. I don't post you, it on there. You man. tell your friends exactly. And then like, you girl, just keep it moving. Right. right. But come on now, like y'all just. Oh Jesus. Just half raised. I'm gonna just have to say that some of y'all just half raised, y'all. <laughs> Lord have mercy. Um, some people we we definitely want to send prayers out to this week, this month. Uh, you and I were talking before we started recording, and it's a lot going on in the world. Mm-hmm. I mean, life can be very difficult. We have some really really good times. We come in here, we're hype, we share a lot of good news, but there are bad things happening as well, um, both in our personal lives and in the world. Um, so, but you guys are familiar with Angela Simmons and she used to be engaged to, um, Sutton Tennyson. He was killed on this pat, not this week, but the week before, I believe in his driveway. Um, she did send out a heartfelt message, you know, I don't know if it was an iOS press release or just something that she posted. I think it was something that she posted that people were criticizing her for. I roll. Yeah. She just lost the father of her child. Like, come on. But people were like, well, they were in a custody battle. And she So like, what? It doesn't matter. Her child has to grow up without a father. Do you not think that's sad? And obviously she loved a man enough to lay down and have a baby with him. She loved him enough to uh, uh, have a baby with him. She loved him enough to be engaged to him right. at one point. Like, And you the can, man is gone. Like, come and on. And you can have a disagreement with somebody and still love them. Child. You may not want to be with them or want to continue a romantic future or a partnership with them but you gonna you still love them you don't want you don't want them to die I'm you just would like, think you would think people had not been through anything and sometimes i think these people on the internet that are trolling are like 10 year olds so well it was one of his whole... friends that put out a video oh that, shut your mouth yes one of his close friends put out a video saying you know all this celebrity stuff i ain't with that people want to put post up stuff about you know them being gone but they got i know what be going on he in court Every other week, paying money to see his son, but people want to post something. Yes, and I was just like, "Jesus." Have several. That's why I'm glad I ain't no celebrity. Okay. Yeah, you better get ready. Listen, um, but guess guess what? Just how we talked about how we gonna pay somebody, honey. I will have a PR person running my page. <laughs> I don't have. I ain't going back and forth with you. Okay. I will have PR on it. Did you see um, Beyonce and her mama and Solange and them dancing at Halloween to um, I'm living my best life? I you thought know that was my, so cute. You know what my favorite part of that video was? What? Was Jay-Z hyping them up in the background. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was like, come on, get in. And then when she got, when they, when Solange got in, he was like, yeah, this the be- is the perfect song, too. Right. I was like, that's right, Jay. That's right. What's even funnier is that Beyonce will not have let us have nice things because the next day after that video was posted, um... Miss Tina posted another video, uh, picture or something like that. And she was like, yeah, after I put this up, my daughter, we know which daughter it was, uh, said, I uh, hope you had fun, uh, paparazzi, because that'll be the last time. <laughs> that just tickled me so much. I'm like, but I really enjoyed that. Yeah, I enjoy seeing them have a good time. I-, I know I jumped off right quick, but that was that was adorable. 
Um, they gonna revoke Miss Tina's ID pretty I know. Then she, so she posted cute. a picture, of, I mean, not a picture, a video of the midterm, and Richard was in the background snoring. I said, Yes, because uh, who, um, Holly Robinson oh. Pete and uh, Miss Tina Lawson are friends, and so it's so cute because she's always posting under her stuff, and so Holly Robinson Pete was like, Who is that in the background <laughs> snoring? We know who it is. Loud, too. I was like, Miss Tina. She did not. Listen, she, how old is she? She like in her 60s, like I 70s. Said, Just let her live. Let gonna, her be great. They're going to revoke her IG pass uh, privileges no. if she don't quit. Let Miss Tina be great. I love corny joke time. I digress. Um, also, there's a story out of Chicago about a young lady. She's 26 years old. Her name is Kiara Coles. And the only reason, not the only reason I'm bringing this up, because I feel compelled to, I felt compelled to wait until you know she was returned home safely or we find out more details about what's going on but our latest episode um in episode 40 we talked about domestic violence and domestic violence awareness Mm -hmm. and there's a lot of talk not accusing anyone but um some people suspect that it's uh her unborn child's father she's 26 she's pregnant for the first time and she was called, so she called out of work that day, the day that she went missing. And there is video surveillance of her walking down the street mm-hmm. that she actually lives on. But once she disappears, nobody sees her. Her purse, I think she was walking towards her car or maybe home. But her purse and the keys were in the car. But she's nowhere to be found. Um, so she, I can't remember how long she's been missing, but it's been while uh, a while now. And people do not feel hopeful her Family, um, they are out, you know, talking to news reporters, plastering her picture. There's a reward for her safe return or information. <clears throat> and well, what's her name? Kiara Coles. Kiara Coles. Yeah. Okay. Um, and her boyfriend won't talk to anybody about um, any details. So. Just um, definitely not blaming him, but just saying that as speculation is concerned, people are kind of giving the side eye in that direction. And I saw where somebody um, posted and was basically saying, like, listen, sometimes you don't know. And not saying that Mm -hmm. she did, but we have to be really careful. I know my great-grandma used to say, you got to be careful uh, who you go having babies for. That's how she Ooh. phrased it. But not just with regards to like children, just who you allow in your life. Watch the signs for your partners, your dating. You know, if you're in a courtship with somebody and they start showing, you know, heavy signs of jealousy or just anything. Um, if they don't want the baby, if you end up pregnant, you become pregnant and, you know, they want you to get an abortion and start being aggressive towards you, just... All of those are red flags yeah. and trust that instinct. So I just wanted to say that. And then California is is really going through as well. The California wildfire started. Mm-hmm. I heard that they started by campfire. Um, if you have seen the pictures, to imagine, if, the, if that's true, to imagine that those fires started by way of campfires, just ludicrous. Yeah, I saw a video of a lady and her kids Girl. escaping. Oh, when they were going straight through the fire? Mm-hmm. Terrified me. And I clearly know that they made it out because the video got posted. But yeah. whew, my heart was palpitating. Um, and then, of course, uh, a year after the Vegas shooting where we lost what, almost 60 uh, United States 
well, not citizens, but I don't know if everybody was a citizen, but human beings. Um, the shooting at Thousand Oaks happened mm -hmm. in California here. Um, I heard that it is the, in, in about 311 days, it was the 307th mass shooting in the U.S. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we've discussed on the show about, like, what they consider a mass shooting. Um, so you need to start calling it active terrorism. Right. That's exactly what it is. Right. Um, so Largely perpetrated by white men. White males. Mm-hmm. 12, there were 12 victims who lost their lives. Um, I was reading a story about a young man who was literally helping people out of the bathroom window. It was college country music night. Um, I can't, what was it? Uh, Borden, the Borden bar. I can't remember the name of the bar. Let's see. Borden bar and grill, I believe. But, um... It's unfortunate, and it's not just unfortunate. Like, I know we do a lot of uh, prayers up, prayers up for these victims, but something's got to give. We have to change something. Yeah. Legislation needs to change. And um, the crazy thing about it is there were several people there that either escaped the, yeah, that had escaped the Las Vegas um, right. massacre. Um, and... Someone else that was, you know, it, it was just all of that this happened was um, Tamara Housley's niece, niece was one of the victims, which Tamara Housley is Tamara Mario T and Tamara. But their niece was there and she was actually, um, she was a college freshman at Pepperdine University. She was 18 years old and, you know, she lost her life to this. And the, the shooter's name was Ian David Long. He mm -hmm. was 28 years old. And the crazy thing about it is after it happened or in the midst of it, like directly after it, he was on Instagram basically saying that I wanted to do this. Like there's no, you know, alternative explanation. This is just something that I wanted to do. And I think he is a veteran maybe. Mm -hmm. um, and so now he's on Instagram saying that he just did this because he wanted to, right. but the news still puts with the headline possible PTSD, but he's saying that it's no reason for this. I just wanted to do it. Like now you're talking about thoughts and prayers. He was like, so now what are you going to do? And they're saying that, you know, authorities are still investigating for a motive. There's no motive. There's no motive. He said he did it because he wanted to. So I'm just like, why is it such a thing that it's like all of this sympathy that goes into these assailants when they're white, like trying to figure out just some reason why this would happen, you know, but when the shoe was on the other foot and you got, you know, a young black kid walking from the store with Skittles and tea, you know, it's automatically, well, he had to have hit him or he had to have do this or, you know, like I'm just. I'm just trying to figure this out. Like, it's confusing. It's confusing. It's not confusing, but it's confusing. Because it's just like, okay, so you don't want us to jump directly to race, but what is what what other difference is there? Correct. Besides that. Um, but I just feel for those for those um victims, there were two that particularly stood out. Um, one of the victims, Dan, he was filmed outside of the hospital just 
basically oh breaking down. And I think that was God. the father of Cody Kaufman. Yeah, he didn't die right away. He was at the hospital fighting. He was mm-hmm. like, I've been fighting for him all morning. And then he just, from there, broke down crying. He was like, I'm, I am I, I love you so much. I'm going to miss you so much. But in the middle of tears, and I even I was choked, like, mm-hmm. unbelievable. And what I think that was, was that touched me the most was, of course, him losing his son. But, I mean, he just started calling on God. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, there was nothing. What else could he what do at that point? What else could he do? He had lost his firstborn, his buddy and then it was another victim i can't remember their name but their mom was on there and her her um child had survived the las vegas Mm -hmm. and then came there and ended up still being it's kind of like with the synagogue like people who survived the holocaust just to go to church and get shot right or people to you know survive a massacre like that to go to a bar with their friends and then get on shot. On college night. Yeah, and then get shot. Right. Like, you know how many times I've gone out on college night? That was the furthest thing from my mom because I'm thinking, people that go to college, we definitely ain't trying to shoot each other. Like, right. we're in college. Like, we're having fun. Right. You, like, I'm telling you, I feel like I don't want to go to anything that ain't at somebody's house that I know. Right. Because y'all, tr- this but domestic that's terrorism point. is that's the tripping point, though. out. It's scary because, that's the scary part for me. Knowing that we are living in a world where we're being terrified into not even going anywhere. Not to the movies. No, not Not to church. church. Not to school. Not to the mall. Not to the grocery store. Nowhere. Not to a bar. To the corner store. Nightclub. Walking down the street to go to your house. You can't go nowhere. So what is going to happen? What are we going to do? Because... As we can see, just like with the opioid crisis, (laughs) now that it's getting to y'all... Legislation doesn't change until it's affecting your community. When it's affecting ours, it's it's different. It's okay. It's just a community. It's just a black problem. But we'll see. But now, this is not a black... This is not only a black problem. That's right. Because there is gun violence in the black communities, but now it's, it's... it's on y'all and it's always it's always some medical explanation when it happens with them. Right. It's always explained away. And I don't want to keep saying them because I don't want it to be us and them because I am not like that. But at the same time It feels like that. I mean you yeah. sometimes you just have to call a spade a spade. I was thinking about that this morning about how cautious we have to and not just this morning, but really this week about how cautious we have to be when we're talking, whether we're at work or in public amongst friends or like on a platform like this where, you know, once this show is posted, it's posted, it's out for the world to hear, right? But other people don't have to be as cautious and as inclusive or careful about the way that they phrase things when all we're trying to do is call things out for what they are. And we should be able to do that. Because, in my opinion, we won't be able to handle the issues until they're identified properly. So that's just my side. They're identified, and people stop asking us the same questions over and over again. Well, what can we do to move you things forward? You already know the answer. You won't even acknowledge it. Right. You won't even acknowledge it. That's why you're asking me this, what can we do to move forward? Because you want me to sh- you want to shut me up because right. you don't want to discuss it. Right. Not, not really. You don't really want to discuss it. No, you don't. Um... 
I know there was some concern, switching gears a little bit, there was some concern um, about uh, Supreme Court Justice Ruth Ginsburg, um, who is not black. I know we usually try to talk uh, all things black or black people on this show, but she is a well-known liberal. She's the oldest member of the highest court in the United States, and she fell in her office last week, um, and I think she broke a rib so or fractured a rib. Uh, during that fall, but she is back in action and doing her thing. So she's 85 years old. So glad, yes, 85. And there's apparently, um, she was actually appointed by Bill Clinton mm-hmm. in '93. I um, remember that. And she's the second female justice to be confirmed um, in history. And um, there is a documentary about her that I heard that was really, really good. Um, so, you know, if you have time, you know, you can just Google, um, well, she's known affectionately as RBG. And if you watch SNL, they always do these skits with, mm-hmm. <laughs> with RBG that is hilarious. Um, but yeah, she's, she's been around a long time. And what I heard is that she was going to try to stay on the court and not retire until after Trump gets out of office. Yeah. So we just hope that, you know, she's doing well because, you know, the older you get, like, she's not a spring chicken. Right. And broken ribs can it's take hard you to out. Heal. Yeah. yeah, especially if they puncture a lung or do something. So I'm hoping that it was maybe more so like a fracture or, you know, like a hairline sort yeah. of fracture and not like a crack, like just broken rib. Right. Um, and I just wish her well because we need liberal judges yeah, we on need the that court. support. Because you think about it, if RBG leaves, then he would have had three. That would be three if she if something happens to her, right? Because he's he already has two, right? Ooh, um, what else? What else happened? Dylan Roof, um, has been sentenced to death. It's not exactly the outcome that I wanted, but um, you know, I get it. You didn't uh, want him sent to death. I want. Let me tell you what oh, I want. Oh, oh. I, <laughs> I mean, I just asked a simple question. As the old folks say, I just asked a question. Courtney be questioning. I know. What What would you like to see? He's found guilty. Uh, at, what was it, like 33 counts? Yes. Um, in connection with the June 17, 2015 shooting at Emanuel right here in the Carolinas. What I wanted, what I would like to see is for Dylan Roof to rot in jail and I mean that with my whole butt I want <laughs> every time Dylan Roof walks out of his cell he walks too close to another cell and somebody reaches through and rips a whole handful of his hair out every time every time I want Dylan Roof to have no money on his books <laughs> and for somebody Ooh, to knock out like. one tooth Every week until all his teeth are gone because, you know, they're all permanent teeth and they're not going to grow back. I want that. So you basically and want him to be tortured. Forever. I'm not going to use, we're not going to use the way, we're not going to say a girl named Tiffany said that somebody should be tortured, but I'm just saying. That's torture. Somebody ripped your hair out. B, that is torture. B. I'm not saying I disagree with you, but I'm just telling you, I'm call, you just said call a thing a thing. I, wait. <laughs> We're not going to start with me. We just said, call a thing a thing. So call a thing a thing. All That's I'm torture. saying is, Dylan Roof says. does not deserve the courtesy of an injection. He doesn't because at, still to this day, he's not remorseful about at what he did. At all. At all. And uh, little people that follow him behind him, you know, these little 
trumpeteers, they, they think that he did something worth doing. Right. Which is scary because Very if a Dylan Roof can do it, then somebody else can do it. I mean, we just talked about, um, what was it, two weeks ago, the guy who did the um, shot the two people in the convenience store started by trying to go to the church. It was just mm-hmm. that the church doors were locked. Yep. And 30 minutes or 15 minutes or however long it was before that, those doors were unlocked. And had he gotten in there, he would have killed those people and we would have had another church shooting. Yep. I feel emotional this week. But, no. Um, let's talk elections right quick because I know we, we got a lot that we want to talk about. There were some victories. You yeah. alluded to that early on. Um, so, I want to talk the victories. I want to talk about... Uh, this Andrew Gillum versus DeSantis mm-hmm. thing. I want to talk Stacey Abrams. I want to talk conceding. Let's let's do that. So you want to talk about Gillum first? Sure. Okay. So Gillum did concede, um, but now he has since withdrew his concession mm-hmm. after the Secretary of State announced that there will be um, a recount of not only the Gillum and DeSantis, but there are two others in Florida that are going to go through... Um, a recount, and what he said was, um, and this is a direct quote, he said, I am replacing my words of concession with an uncompromised and unapologetic call that we count every vote. Right. So um, there are still provisional ballots that have not been counted. I mean, did you see the um, report about the school that was a, a polling place and there were, like, provisional ballots just left in the I did. closet? Like. Florida always got some ish going on. They've been having some ish going on with them since Bush, so... It was before Bush. We just didn't know about it until then. I just, um... I I think that it's good that he's willing to fight to the end until we know definitely that, you know, there is um, a winner. Because I think in both of those races, Abrams and Kemp and Gillum and um, DeSantis, I don't think that either state has officially called it for someone because they're waiting on the recount absolutely and and taking nothing away from um gillum but this listen i fist pumped to the air for stacy abrams because she did not would not could not won't concede right not once and um I, that's one thing i never understood like as a kid or like as a young teen like why why would you concede when it's so close i i would not and the fact Mm-mm. here's the thing i've heard people say that when you don't concede once it gets kind of close or maybe once there's a clear winner i get it yeah but if it's close like you should concede if you're losing wow. and if you don't then it shows poor sportsmanship no i don't no, it does not. <laughs> no, no. I am not conceding until I have lost, at which point I won't need to. Because I've lost. Right. And so, that will be the end of it. Shout out to Stacey, who from the very beginning was like, um, no. And I, and I think every it just, vote must count. It just shows you how underhanded Kemp is because he waited until after the election to then resign as Secretary of State. Exactly. When people had been calling on him to resign the entire time. But see, what's so funny is that now that he's resigned as Secretary of State, the next person in line was a black woman. That's right. Who is now the Secretary of State of Georgia. That's right. So, 
no take backs. Did you see? <laughs> no take backs. He was definitely hoping for that. Um, did you see all the voter suppression that was going on on election day in Georgia? Mm-hmm. Just not surprising, but very irritating. I know at some of the polls they had people standing in line for hours and hours. There were voting polls who opened and then didn't have the electrical cords. That like, how do you not have the electrical cords for your voting machines? You knew. Th- Election Day, how long have we been talking about Election Day on this show? Forever. Since the show started. This is, it's routine. We yep. know when Voting Tuesday is. Yep. And so, um, I can't remember the site where you could order pizzas. People were sending pizzas to the different polling sites, but lots of people got turned around. There are some jobs who will give you two hours, but you got to go to work. You know what I'm saying? And people couldn't wait for it in six hours. Um, I do appreciate the fact that a lot of polling sites who had issues stayed open late mm-hmm. um, to get, you know, the rest of those voters. And once you're in line, here's the thing. Once you're in line, line they have to take you. So. Yes, yes, they do. Um, um, but they tried a lot of different tactics. Yeah, I saw a lot of people's provisional ballots getting returned to them mm-hmm. and not being counted and all that kind of stuff. But one thing I can say is don't let them try to convince you um, to think that we did not do well in the midterm elections because we did. We really did, you um, guys. We, um, I think it was 35 to 40 new Democrats that were elected mm-hmm. um, to the House, and the majority of them were women. Um, we elected the first um, two Muslim women ever to Congress, mm-hmm. first Native American woman to the House in over 500 years after the genocide began, and also the youngest woman to ever be elected, um, who is a progressive. And I love the fact that she says, I am a progressive, which is Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez right. from New York. Um, I mean, we flipped seven governorships. Like, I mean, we really did the damn thing. Um, and that just goes to show that your vote does matter. Did we get some of the wins that we really hoped that we would get, like O'Rourke and... You know, we're still waiting on Gillum and Abrams. No, but the majority of um, Democrats did what they needed to do. So I just don't want us to get determined like we once again had the majority of the popular vote again. I wouldn't mind seeing Beto run for president. I wouldn't mind. I don't know. If but I don't think. Right. Right. It's Maybe twenty twenty four. Right. When he got on when he got in this has no bearing on that. Although I don't think Obama could have gotten on social media and done this, but when um Beto got on and he was like, I'm so on the stage and he was like, I'm so effing proud of y'all. Like I was like, That is so relatable. He was yeah. so relatable in that moment. Yeah, and that's what we that's what we need. Like I wish he would have done more of that. True. Um, do you guys remember Jordan Davis, uh, who was shot in 2012 by the guy because he was playing his music too loud? So, uh, in in a road rage case, mm-hmm. a racist road rage case, um, a guy pulled out his gun and shot uh, Jordan and killed him. His mother um, is Lucy McBath, and she was just elected to Congress as well. Yes, I saw that, and that was a good way of putting your money where your mouth, okay. where your mouth is, and letting people know. Okay, yeah, you know, what have you happened? He did, because he did go to jail. He did get convicted of that. But y'all not getting rid of me that easy. Right. Like, I'm here to stay. And now, from now on, I'm going to be involved in what's going on in my community to help, you know, prevent this from happening to other kids or, you know, to just 
be a voice and to and to stand up for what is right. So I think that is awesome. Um, I want to say this as well is that in order to keep this momentum going, more black and brown people need to run for office. Yes. We cannot stop here. We have to remain empowered. We have to stay engaged. We have to continue to hold people accountable. Um, Forsyth County elected a black sheriff for the yes, first time I saw in forever. That. Like, you know, so And that's here in North Carolina, uh, Winston Salem to be specific for those of you who don't know. So, you know, they will try to make you feel as though we did not do a good thing or that we didn't have any wins, but we did. Now that the Democrats are in control of the House, there will be some checks and balances to the things that the Trump administration um, is able to do. So keep going, y'all. We on the road to 2020. The only thing that I feel like is going to be detrimental to us in the next election, if it's not rectified, is that the Democratic Party, this is the first thing, the Democratic Party has no new, um, they don't have a clear message, right? Right. You know, the Republicans, they're Christians, they don't like immigrants, um, they, you know, want to remain in power, they're pro-life, like, it, they want jobs. clarity, they're, right. You know what they want. The Democrat, we don't have a clear message. So it's more so just don't be jerks. Like let let's be let's be nice to everybody. everybody. So we need to have, um, you know, a a clear message. We also need to have, I think, a little bit of old and a little bit of new. Like I think Joe Biden would be a great candidate because you know people feel like Joe Biden is a bulldog, but when you think about it, when you get into those presidential debates. That's what Trump needs. He needs somebody that is not going to let you talk to me like that because right. Hillary didn't do. Hillary didn't stand her ground enough. He was walking all up on her and interrupting her and calling her nasty, and she trying to play nice. We don't need nobody. But that has worked in the past, so I understand why she did it, and not even just as a woman, but that that kind of politics when at the presidential level has worked before. We've never had a or not in my lifetime that I can remember, never really had a Donald Trump that was that rude to where, like, someone who knows how to do politics would even be taken aback by those tactics. Well, we need someone to be equally as rude. Not necessarily as rude, but someone that can check him. Right. And with facts. And that is not afraid to go toe-to-toe with him, which I believe it will it, it will be Joe Biden. Mm-hmm. Um. I don't really know how I feel about who should be vice president. I know a lot of people want it to be Kamala, mm-hmm. but I love Kamala in the Senate because right. she she goes to town. Yeah, she okay, holds, she keep she holds people to task, and we need somebody in the Senate like that. So I don't know who it's going to be. One thing I can say is I want Bernie Sanders to stay at home, okay? Because Bernie Sanders is not going to beat Donald Trump. And my second point about us moving forward in the 2020 elections is all of y'all who vote independent and saying, y'all basically just throwing your vote away because you basically voting for a slice of pizza. You know, these people are not, they have no chance in winning, no chance in winning. And you're saying, oh, I'm going to vote for independent for what? You might as well not, what did you even vote for? Because these people don't have a chance in winning. Like, I don't know, but that right there is just going to drive us in the hole 
also white women, Latinos, and Asians who think they... God, that's a whole nother episode. Listen. It's it's laughable. It's not funny. It's not funny because it's to the detriment of American people, people of color, and women. But it is laughable because you do not care as a whole. You don't care. And I'm sorry, I, we, we got to keep calling you out because I don't care if it wasn't you. It's y'all. And I, I have forgot about this, and I don't want to go on and on because I know we got other things to talk about, but there is a show, and we talked about it before because we, we talked about Regina King a lot. There's a show called American Crime. Mm-hmm. And if you haven't watched it, basically this show takes one crime and it picks apart everybody that is affected by this one crime. So, in this one situation, there were a group of Latino boys um, that had com- that somebody had committed a crime, and they were trying to get down to the bottom of it. And the one boy's father, he was Hispanic, but he was anti-illegal immigration. Because he felt as though I came here, I had to do this this way and struggle. So why do you think you're going to come here and not do it this way? So there, apparently, there must be a lot of people in that community that feel that way. Because that's the only way that you would be willing to vote for these people. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying that I've had a complete change of heart on immigration. But I was talking to someone and we were having like a you know going back and forth about immigration and what they said to me was we talked about the separation of the children mm-hmm. and I by no means feel like it's right to keep those children detained like that I feel like if you're going to send them back you need to send them babies back with their mom with their parents um but what he said to me was when Black men get locked up or black women get locked up. Don't nobody care where their kids go. They get separated from their kids too. Sometimes. So they're both wrong then. They're both wrong. But I'm saying, you know, when you do something illegal, mm-hmm. y'all, some kind of, some kind of consequence is going to come of this. So I'm not saying that I feel like they should keep these kids locked up, separated. But I feel like if you are knowingly breaking the law and this happens, not necessarily that you get separated from your children, but you get sent back, I just don't feel like I'm going to feel sorry for you. Unless you're seeking asylum or it's some extenuating circumstances. Do they even wait long enough to find out if that's what's going on? I don't know, but you know, if you are paying attention to what's going on in America, you know any given thing, they're going to do this. Right. So you're taking that chance. Right, so I, just trying to put myself in somebody else's shoes, what would make me take that chance, knowing what I know about what's going on in America? And I would pick up my children and take the chance anyway. It must, in my mind, it must be worth it. It must be worth it, but if I go to France and break a law, no matter what my circumstances is, they are going to hold me to account of what that law is. Right, I get that. That's worth dissecting. And so that is definitely if, worth dissecting if, in another episode. If too. your own community is going to keep doing, like, what? where is the disconnect? Because 
where where is the where is the disconnect? And 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 I've said this a thousand times. I don't care who comes what, but there needs to be some sort of plan in place. That that may that's fair. Um, but I think people always start with everybody else got to come. Not everybody, because even we didn't come here by the same circumstances. But Europeans and Spaniards in the past got to come here in a way that now you're asking that we don't. And by we, I mean, you know, the Hispanic community. And and I can understand why people don't get that. Like, you just hopped on a boat and came over here, and th- that was that. Yeah, but... And people can still... People are still doing that today, B. Like, people are still doing that today that don't look brown. And they they're are. coming and... Yes, you still have to pass certain tests to become an American citizen, but they're getting a lot of leeway that brown people are not getting. True. So then if that's the case, then why are other brown people that have come here some of those same, those same ways not why? For the same reason, <laughs> for the same reason that early on when not when you and I were talking on this very episode and I said you can show somebody something. I, I've been going through this lately where I'm trying to tell people stuff, like, especially after they make an ignorant comment, and I'm not like, no, it's really this. Let me show you. Let me, it's, it, this is the breakdown. And they're like, no, because they, that's what they've been taught to believe is right. A lot has to do with conditioning on a lot of different subjects, but that's just my say. But I just understand that I can't be. Like, I have to focus on what's best for my community. So, if, if if the concept is charity starts at home, then we should be dealing with black issues right now anyway, then. Ding, 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 One ding, thing ding. that I don't want us to move on, because we do have to, to move funny. on. I ain't trying to be funny, but y'all be showing y'all's asses. Facts. I'm sorry, y'all be showing y'all's asses at the polls, and then I just be like, well... When these things happen, don't be coming look at me to stand out here in March because I ain't doing it. <laughs> Just being honest, I'm not doing it. I ain't doing it. So I know we have to move on, um, but I definitely want us to mention the Harris County 19. Mm-hmm. There were 19 women, and we, we definitely mentioned them quickly on a previous episode, who were up for election uh, to be judges, and they all won. Mm-hmm. Shout out to black women. Y'all are amazing. We all we got. I'm telling you, we all we got. And because representation matters, can you imagine what that's going to do for the next few decades and and onward? I'm really proud of that. Now, as you know, here at the Culture Shock Podcast, we are always here to learn you something as the people in the country. Okay. And something that I want to talk about today is the history of tipping. What? Learn you? Oh, yeah, learn you. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know. (laughs) Um, But we want to talk about the history of tipping. I want to discuss the history of tipping in the United States um, and how it's attached to racism. I've had this debate with several uh, peers. It's come up a a certain amount of times to where I'm like, okay. Why why is it a debate? I mean, because. What did I say earlier? What did I just say? Same thing. No, 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 and you gotta tip and blah blah blah. If you don't tip, people don't eat. And I I understand where the mentality is coming from. So we're just gonna give you guys a little bit of history. 
Um, so first of all, we know that tipping in the U.S. is a norm, um, but it used to be seen as un-American. So tipping came from Europe. European aristocrats practiced tipping, and then the United States adopted it. The rich people in the U.S. adopted it like in the 1800s or so. Um, the practice originally was a sign of class depending on which end you were. So like if I, if you tip a person, that means that you're rich and that they're poor, especially mm -hmm. if they take it. It's like, oh, you're, you're, you know, you're lower class or you, you have no class. Um, because it was customary to tip your inferiors. Yes. Or like your servants. Right. So now, right. So now, um, when you eat at a restaurant, tipping is the expectation. And people will guilt you if you don't tip enough. And I've never had to work um, in the... I mean, well, I've worked in the food industry, but never as a waitress, right? Yeah, me neither. But my friends have, so I get it. So racism is often seen as a Southern thing when really it's a global thing. And for the sake of conversation, more of a national practice, just practice differently. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let me give you guys the rundown. In 1863, slavery ended, right? Mm -hmm. um, Juneteenth, which we've talked about on the show, is the um, abolition of the uh, of slavery in the U U.S. Um, when it was announced in Texas, rather. Um, the ratification of the 13th Amendment happened in December of 65, um, and black people started to flock to major cities because the South is scary, okay, <laughs> at that time. It's still scary. It's still scary. Yeah. I mean, you got people going to the polls in Mississippi in Confederate flag shirts with nooses on them, but I, I move on. Okay. Um, so, racism is real everywhere, though, right? Mm -hmm. Even though the South was scarier, racist restaurant owners hired free the free slaves without having to pay them because of tipping. Mm -hmm. So, I don't know how much you guys know about prohibition, which we may need to delve into um, on a different episode. But in the 1920s, restaurants were losing money because of prohibition. So people love their liquor. Yes, they do, child. <laughs> Today, yesterday, and forevermore. <laughs> okay. I mean, we're drinking wine right now. Okay. It's not hard liquor, but still. Um, and prohibition was preventing them from making or selling it for about 13 years or so. Mm -hmm. So over a decade. When a Republican-led Congress passed the Fair Labor Standards Act in 1938, uh, it allowed states to set, like, a really, really low rate for tip workers. Mm -hmm. Of note, restaurants weren't suffering from a financial standpoint due to the loss of prohibition because prohibition was over by that time, mm -hmm. okay? But they still kept the tipping practice because then they didn't have, they weren't required to pay the people that were working for them. Okay. Okay. In 1996, we're jumping that far ahead. Mm -hmm. Just 22 years ago, Herman Cain, who was a Republican, black I Republican, heard that name in a I long know, time. <laughs> I said this. I said I'm gonna bring up Herman Cain today, who was at at the time he was the head of the National Restaurant Association. Um, convinced them to set a two tier wage situation based on whether or not you were a tipped or non-tipped worker so in 96 that's when they decided since we've been living mm -hmm. that's when they decided that two dollars and 13 cent was the minimum wage for tip workers so when people tell you like tipped workers make two dollars some tip workers make two dollars an hour they're not lying mm -hmm. 
Right now, there are 17 states, including both of the Carolinas. Of course, you know, we, we're in the Carolinas and Georgia and some other states um, still have that rule. Mm-hmm. And remember, at the beginning of this, I said that this started in Europe. Um, so America, in some places in America, we actually started with like anti-tipping bills were introduced. It was passed in like six states. And it was such a big deal that Europe actually adopted it and they've stopped that whole tipping process. Now, I'm not saying you'll go visit Europe and if you decide you want to tip somebody, they're not going to take it. Right. But they don't have the same tipping system um, anymore. And so I just want to talk about the trouble with tipping. And, and of course, you know, please jump in whenever you you feel it necessary if I've left out any details. But... I have several problems. So, first of all, (laughs) I want to talk about the racism. Um, Mm -hmm. People, it started, clearly, we've already, you know, told you how it started with uh, slavery. Right. Uh, People of color even now get smaller tips than their white white counterparts, 56% less to be exact. Yep. And Um, it's hardest on women. Yes. Because most, you know, servers and hostesses, like 71% of those are women yes um you know who may or may not have children or what have you and because of that waitresses are twice as likely to end up on like public assistance or food stamps um or what have you and even with the tipping now i know that some restaurants like the waitress or the waiter doesn't even get all the tip they have to split it up among among everyone in the restaurant so if you think about it if someone black is already getting tipped less and they're working in a restaurant that has to, you know, split the tips, you know, with the house, like they call it. Yep. And they're only getting $2 or $2.13 an hour. Right. Broke. Um, and you doing all that standing and walking and get people giving you attitudes about their food? Child. I've never worked in, I've never worked at a restaurant. And for I that reason, to. I didn't want to. I never wanted to. I know women go through a lot of sexual harassment in places like that. And then whenever they talk to their managers, you know, there are plenty of reports proving this. And you can pull them up if you want to. Um, but women go through a lot of objectification when it comes to, I mean, and, and I'm not just talking about places like Hooters, like regular restaurants have, have been reported Olive Garden, places like that. Mm-hmm. Not, not to try to put any one restaurant in particular out there. Just if, especially if you're a young woman or if you're an attractive woman, like big shocker, um, you're more likely to go through sexual harassment. And then with you saying the thing about how they break down tips, like, mm-hmm. It, it just puts the economic power into the wrong hands because people can be so biased. Like, at the end of the day, yep. if you're my employer and it, there was no tipping culture, you have to pay me my wage for the amount of hours that I worked, yep. right? When you get tipped, they break it down how they want to. So, if they have a favorite, they might give them some more money. That's misappropriation of funds mm-hmm. at the end of the day. Um, ageism is a thing. You know, statistics have shown that younger and older people miss out on tips. So, like, if you're not that middle-aged white male that we always talk about, you're probably going to receive less money. And then tipping doesn't incentivize uh, the marginalized the way that you think it would. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, for the reasons that we've already discussed. Like, if I am black and I'm a woman and I work in the service industry and I know that I'm not going to be tipped out appropriately at the end of the day, does that make me want to 
give good service? No. It doesn't. Now, especially after you've experienced, like maybe in the mm-hmm. beginning, but especially after you've experienced it for a while and you realize like this is not what's up. Eventually, you're going to not care about your job. You're mm-hmm. going to come in until you find something better. And it has high turnover. And that's why they be having such bad attitudes. Because Ex- I would have an attitude too. I'm going to come in here and work for $2 and then y'all know y'all ain't going to tip me. And then even if you do tip me, then I got to split it with everybody else. Right. Like, no. Nah. Um, there are seven states that have a, a, finally um, opted to pay minimum wage. Um, that still allow tipping so you can tip but they still pay minimum wage mm-hmm. and yet the workers still see better tipping than the states whose minimum wage is two dollars and 13 cents so that that just goes to show like it's not working outside of the racist sexist ageism um that goes on it doesn't help the business due to the tactics that hurt the bottom line because the employee doesn't work for the business. When you pay somebody $2.13 an hour, mm-hmm. they're relying on the tips. Mm-hmm. Sidebar, I always thought, and I, I could have sworn I read this recently, that whatever you don't make in tips, the employer is still supposed to pay the balance up to minimum wage. But I read that, oh, um, no. but I read that that is a, that is true but that most restaurants violate because no one is holding them accountable. Of course they do. So, but anyway, the employee doesn't work for the business. They work for the customer. Mm -hmm. I'm working for individual customers who come in. So the work that I do, you know, like, I'm not going to name any names, but I have friends who have worked in restaurants who gave out extra alcohol. And, you know, alcohol Mm -hmm. is expensive. So if I'm giving out alcohol to ensure that I get a better tip at the end of the night, yes, I'm going to get a little more money, but the business misses out on that money. because they're they're giving away the product. Right. So it hurts your bottom line. Um, Yeah. There's no buy-in. If you, like... I think about when I go to work to to my nine to five or whatever, I have some buy-in there. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I, I believe in certain things that go on there. Right. And so I'm a part of that community. Um, so I want to do a good job while I'm there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if, you know, if there's no buy-in, then you can see how hurting the business doesn't, wouldn't matter to me. Mm-hmm. And thus... Racism persists even in the food industry, you know, where people of color at least make $4 less than their white counterparts and the gap is much larger for women of color. And that's just my little quick spiel for those of you, gouge my eyes out, who I have to keep telling, like, it's clear. It's rooted in racism. It didn't have a good start. And... Mm -hmm. We should have done away with tipping a long time ago. Now, I do want to discuss right quick. So, like, when you go to a restaurant, like, how do you feel about tipping? Like, what what are your, if you don't mind sharing, like, what are your tipping mind. tactics? I tip based on the service. If you gave me good service, I'm going to tip you good. If you didn't give me good service, I'm not going to tip you good. I think you have to give me horrible service in order for me not to tip you well. Like, it has to be blatant disrespect. But it's even that for me is conditioning. And so the argument then a lot of times with people is like, oh, you know, you got a tip because they're not going to have any money, which is true in the moment. But like, how do we get to a point where we hold people accountable then is the question, like not just the the servers, but the business owners, because really it's their responsibility to pay 
their employees and they're getting over because this all started in the Americas and became a thing, not started, but definitely became a thing because of prohibition, which ended a long time ago. Mm-hmm. I think that it should be a nationwide minimum wage. Now, depending upon the cost of living and what have you, it may, it will vary, but I feel like the server should at least be at minimum wage. Right. At least. Right. Because that's just crazy. Even if they're at minimum wage, even with the tips, they still ain't really making nothing. Right. Somewhere where you go. And it keeps, so it keeps poor people poor. Yeah. It keeps poor people poor and being servers. That's right. Girl. I thank them, but I I never did it. Not to say that I wouldn't because you never know what happened. You don't know what real life might take you, but that's just not something I ever wanted to do. Facts on facts on facts. I'm glad I got that off my chest. You got anything else you want to say about it? No, not necessarily. Um, just make sure that you do tip. Yeah. Though. Yeah. In in the meantime, just try to do right by people who are giving you good service. Yes. Um, and even, I don't think there's ever been anywhere where I didn't leave a tip. I just may not leave as good of good as a tip, and then I just may ask to speak to the manager. Right. You know what I I really dislike, though? A lot of times I feel like, and of course, black women, whatever, black groups, you know, usually family or my group of friends. Sometimes when black people walk through the door, it's always this stigma that like, oh, you know, they not tipping. And let me tell you, there are plenty of groups of white people who come in and ask for everything except (laughs) the Star of David. And they will leave and not put a dollar on the table. When I go out with my my crew, my friends, not that I have a specific crew, but we tip well. Mm-hmm. No matter what, almost no matter what. And if we have a problem, again, the manager is called. Like, you're going to know about it. You're going to hear about it. It's not just going to be because we walked out of the door um, and didn't give anything. And uh, a lot of times I can see where we don't get the service that we deserve. And I often do feel like it's because there's a stigma associated with people of color. And I just want to say this, and then I promise I'm going to let the whole subject go. <laughs> in the past, like, I, let, I, it go, I, honey, yeah, let it go. I'm probably not. But in the past, I'm, I'm someone who considers the why on almost every subject. Mm-hmm. I want to say every subject, but I'll say almost because I hate being concrete about one thing or another. I always want to remain malleable, but that's a whole nother subject. But I always think about the why. And people are like, if you don't have enough money to tip, then you shouldn't go out to eat. And I totally disagree with that, that concept. If you have the money to tip, then do. But understand that in the past, maybe black people didn't tip or couldn't tip as well because they don't make enough money or didn't make enough money or don't make as much money as the other people who come to eat here. So maybe you're used to getting $5 from one person and you get $2 from a black person, but you don't know if that was their last $2. Mm-hmm. Or what if it's a college student and they can come eat there because they worked really hard this semester, mm-hmm. but they don't have the money to tip or they can't tip you 20%. Like, okay, but but a stigma of that whole stigma of uh, lazy, disrespectful, mm-hmm. won't tip, I, I truly don't believe that. I just oh, don't believe that black people walk into establishments where they're going to be served and don't tip because they just don't want to. No. 
I'm a black person, and I'm telling you on air, that's not true. It's not true. Um, Y'all yeah. better leave my people alone. It's, I'm serious. It's not true. I see more people posting stuff about how racist people leave stuff when they come in. Mm -hmm. Don't tip, or go back to your country, or, you know, leave 50 cent, or just some old disrespectful type stuff. All the time. I rarely see black folks doing that. All the time. Rarely. Because most of the time... Especially when I go out, like, you know, if someone invites me out or if it's both of us, like, we'll both tip or mm -hmm. if someone invites you out, they'll be like, oh, I'll pay. And then you'll be like, oh, I'll leave the tip. But then you in turn leave a bigger tip yep. because you didn't you pay didn't for pay. your food. Y'all better leave my people alone. <laughs> Black people are amazing. We do great things. We invent great things. We work really hard. We love really hard. We love each other. And we tip. Everybody that I know, even tips. though even though its history is racist, and we shouldn't be giving y'all nothing. All, <laughs> all right, we're gonna wrap it up. I'm gonna tell you how my daddy used to say, "I'll give you a tip. Don't ask, <laughs> don't ask for one." <laughs> Cute. Cute. Um. All right. So, what inspired you? What brought you joy? Made you laugh this week? Um. What inspired me this week, and this is just what always inspired me, is just how black women always show up and show out. Mm -hmm. That's pretty much it. For ourselves and everybody else, too. For ourselves and everybody. Like, we don't care what's going on, who something need to be stopped, we're going to show up and try to stop it. Right. We're going to show up and try to save the world. We're going to Olivia Pope the situation. We're going to handle. We're going <laughs> to Annalise Keating it to the best of our ability. Right. And so that is what always gives me inspiration and I just really felt it this week um just just by the way black women show up for each other and for everyone else what about you uh so many things Aisha Curry had me laughing taking off her wig yeah that was funny um but Danielle Leslie um she is she has like a growing business an online um, million dollar course um and you guys can follow her on Instagram at Danielle D-A-N-I-E L-L-E, Leslie. Um, but she had a quick post. So, um, Blavity, Afrotech is going on in San Francisco this this weekend. I know this because I put it on my calendar in ink. It just wasn't in God's plan for me to be there, but I really wanted to. And she posted something, and it's, it was a, um, a poster with her picture on it mm -hmm. and the dates for Afrotech. And her quote said, last year... I was in the audience. This year, I'm on stage. And I always say, I've said for years, like, what a difference a year makes. Mm -hmm. Last year, I was in the audience. This year, I'm on stage. And it, it felt inspiring. But mm -hmm. I just thought about so many other people that I know who are either in turmoil or not even that, but like working on projects having a bunch of sleepless nights or don't know, like they're trying to get out of certain situations, trying to get into certain situations, trying to network and they're trying to figure it out. And if we could just all keep that mentality, what a difference a year makes. You never know what stage you're going to be on next year. Nope. And that, that really inspired me and I hope it, it inspires you guys as well. What's your good word for the good people be? My good word for the good people is just be thankful that you don't have all the problems in the world. Because it's it's people out here doing really bad and going through some scary, hurtful things. Yes. Um, 
And I just have to remind myself of that sometimes. Like, sometimes I just want to, like, crawl into my hole and just be like, oh, it all sucks. But <laughs> there are people that are really dealing with serious things, you know, not these superficial, trivial things that we sometimes get in a rut over. So just be thankful for only having the problems that you have and not some of the ones that other people have. That's very true. Um, my good word for the good people is by way of Jay Manuel that used to be on America's Next Top Model with Tyra Banks. Mm-hmm. This week he posted um, something that really stuck with me. Uh, and the post says, 70% of people who start a plan quit except you, not this time. And I just want to remind people, and this has been my good word before, don't quit. Or maybe it was your good word. I don't know, but I know we've said it on here. Um, But just don't quit. In addition to that, I want to remind people to be kind on purpose. I'm Mm -hmm. telling you this because we all need it. Sometimes I just need somebody to be nice to me because every day is not easy. Uh -uh. Many days are not easy and people are going through and you don't know what they went through before they left the house or what they have to return to. Mm -hmm. And you don't know what a moment of kindness can do for somebody. Somebody might be contemplating suicide and decide that it's not so bad because they like that one co-worker that they get to see every day. Mm-hmm. Um, I passed somebody yesterday who was very beautiful, very attractive, and I just had to stop her and be like, you are gorgeous. And she just, her eyes welled up with water. I don't know what she was going through mm-hmm. or why, like, somebody telling her that she was pretty would make her cry. Or maybe somebody had just fussed at her. Because I've been there before, right? Like somebody just made you feel like garbage and then somebody says something nice to you and all the emotions come up at once. Mm -hmm. But just try really hard, especially if there's somebody that you see on a regular basis who annoys you but you can't really figure out the why. They might just need somebody to be nice to them. So let that person be you. That's it. Anything you don't want the people to forget until you talk to them next week, B? Um, yeah, this is something interesting that um, I think that some people may benefit from. So I think I've mentioned her before <clears throat> on the podcast, but um, I know um, this um, um, woman, her name is Ebony Janice, and she um, is a preacher and a teacher, and she's very, very knowledgeable about um, hip-hop culture and she views um, hip-hop lyrics as a sacred text she is a part of um, a group called um, um, black girl mixtape and she puts on classes for certain things and so um, December 1st she is um, relaunching this course she's already done it before but it's a 10-week course and it's called Beyonce and African Spirit Justice so it goes into lemonade and the different concepts and things um, that are highlighted within that work of art. So um, the class starts on December the 1st, and it's um, available at blackgirlmixtape.com slash institute backslash again. So um, just check her out if you hashtag the Free People Project or Black Girl Mixtape on Instagram. She will pop up. She's a dope chick. She has a podcast. She be dropping knowledge. 
So if you need any information about that, just, you know, look her up at Ebony Janice on Instagram and just take a peek into, you know, all that she has going on. But I myself, I love Beyonce. So I'm going to take this course and just get all that I can out of it. Right. Love it. <laughs> I love it. Um, I have no words. This was good. I'm glad that I got a chance to converse with you a little bit. We're about mm -hmm. to dig into some of this hot fish. Wish y'all could have some. Maybe next time. Not today. Uh, you know you guys can find us on social media, on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, at The Culture Shock Podcast. We're on SoundCloud. Cloud, Google Play, iTunes, wherever you listen to podcasts, we are there. Please tell your mama, tell your friends, tell your boss, whoever, that we're here mm -hmm. and that we're learning you something. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a girl named Tiffany. And I'm Courtney B. <laughs> we're about to go get something to eat, guys, and finish off this wine bottle. So, we out. We out.